0: Our program will explore the concepts and ideas behind Direct Connect Coaching by introducing guests who are using or are aligned with this program and have used the ideas to transform their lives. It is our sincere hope that you can use this inspiration to do the same. Now, here is Fee Mazanke.
1: Welcome to the show and thank you to all of our very enthusiastic and dedicated listeners who come to the show each and every week for information and inspiration, and I hear we've got a great following of listeners, and I really, truly appreciate all of you taking the time to join with us as we come together each Tuesday afternoon. And I also want to say thank you to Max Exposure for being a super sponsor of the show. Um, I do want to encourage those of you who want to take all of the guestwork out of dealing with the social media network and experience um, to please go check out Max Exposure. Just Google Max Exposure and Joe Grushkin, who was a, uh, a guest, a very informative guest last week on the show, um, for, to meet all of your needs because I can tell you they do a terrific job. They've been handling my social media over the last several weeks and I really, really appreciate them as well. Now, if you are joining us for the first time, first of all, welcome. We appreciate that you're joining us. And we start each show with the boomerang effect. And these are examples in everyday living where the boomerang in your life is at work. And the boomerang effect is simply what you throw out in life is what you get back. And today's boomerang has to do with the blizzard that we just experienced on Sunday, on Super Bowl Sunday here in the Chicago area. Lots of snow and lots of wind made for quite a winter wonderland here. And it is really, really remarkably beautiful all around here. But the most amazing thing to witness was the boomerang of support of people helping other people during and after the blizzard. Now we had it here in our own neighborhood where we saw people snow blowing and shoveling for others. I also talked to my dear friend Graham. She's 81 years old, and she lives close to me. And she had a neighbor completely shovel out her car, which was actually buried from the snowplows. It was in her apartment parking lot and it was buried. And uh, the nice young man that lives above her um, and doesn't even know her actually just shoveled out her entire car. And I know it's difficult for those of you to imagine the amount of difficulty that comes from the snow when you live in sunny places like Arizona or Florida, and we're certainly jealous of you at this time. But I will tell you that something really magical happens, at least here in the Midwest when a snowstorm hits. Because what you see is people become more helpful and more compassionate to others. And the boomerang of love and support shows up in various ways. And that boomerang of kindness will always come back to those who showed it, particularly those who showed it during the blizzard. And the news was peppered yesterday with examples all throughout the Chicagoland area of people helping people. And that was just so heartwarming to see. So now, on to our very special guest today. Her name is Sarah Andrus, and she's a Transitions Coach and Consultant. Welcome to the show, Sarah. We're really happy to, that you are joining us today. Thank
2: you. I'm glad and to lem- be here.
1: Yes, we, I'm glad that you're with us. And uh, let me just give you a, an introduction of Sarah. Sarah is the owner and principal of Avara Coaching and Consulting. She has held senior management positions in marketing and communications, most recently working at Dove Chocolate Discoveries, the direct selling division of Mars Chocolate, and also Vector Marketing Corporation, the distributor of Cutco Cutlery. Now prior to her work in direct sales, Sarah worked in student services and career counseling, placing nearly 1,000 college students in in part-time and permanent positions, and she successfully coached hundreds of people through career transitions. Sarah is a writer, and she is very gifted indeed as a writer. She's also gifted as a public speaker, as a coach, and a consultant. Whose business is in 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 counseling allows her to help people and businesses successfully manage change and navigate transitions with positive outcomes. So with that being said, we are going to talk about the transitions in life. And there are certainly many of them. Before the show, we were speaking about them in terms of careers, but also in terms of the transition into marriage, the transition into parenthood—I mean, we go through so many, many different transitions uh, throughout our lives. So, Sarah, let's start with defining a life transition and how you best prepare for a life transition.
2: Well, thank you, Fee, and thank you for that nice introduction. I've been doing a lot of research on transition and on some of the obstacles to transition. And just from my own experience, having been through uh, many myself, I've come up with three characteristics that I think define a major transition. We all go through transitions every day. But the kind of transition that uh, that catches our attention has three characteristics. First, it really has to involve a major change in, in, in one of our life roles, in one of our significant life roles, or our ability to serve in a life role. The second tran- characteristic of a transition is that the impact of that change, whatever it is, really goes beyond the change itself. And the third characteristic of a transition is that its impact is felt beyond you, and I can I can give you an example of, of to get, help uh, frame this out a little bit. A good example, fee would be when you start a new job. So it's really the the first characteristic is okay. That could be a major life role. Your work, your your uh, value at, at work is a change in a major life role. So it's not just that you're working with a new company. Perhaps you were a student and this is your first significant full-time job, or maybe your role is changing, for example, from a sales rep where you were going out and selling products to somebody to a sales manager where you've got to manage other people who are going out and selling products to customers. So it's that change in role. Then at the same time, you're accommodating to maybe a new commute, building new relationships with some coworkers, and being challenged to quickly demonstrate some new skills. So that goes beyond the change itself of a new job. It's requiring some more adjustment and impacting probably more than one of your personality traits. Like, For example, if you're not a particularly patient person, a change to a new job could really have an impact on that, or if you're uh, challenged by adaptability a transition to a new job could have an impact on that. So that's the second second aspect of a transition. And then if you stick with that example of the new job, let's say your boss is really anxious to be reassured that she made the right choice. And having hired a lot of people in my career, I can tell you that, that the hiring manager is just as nervous as the person who's sitting across the table and applying for the job because they want to make that right choice. And your coworkers are sizing you up. And the people in your personal life may need to adjust to new demands on your time and attention. So to sum it up, you are going through a transition if you've changed a significant life role, if it affects many areas of your life, and if those around you are also impacted. So obviously, by that definition, if you're growing and progressing and you're somebody who wants to, uh, to grow in life, transitions are inevitable.
1: Absolutely. Transitions are inevitable. And and obviously, through that example, which was really great in solidifying the three characteristics of a transition, um, you really see that in the transition, there is kind of managing the transitions within the transition. That's right. It, yeah, the relationships outside of you and how that is all... Affected by that, if it is, and and how it is affected by that, and certainly is, especially if you're, um, if you're, you know, a parent or someone that's looking at uh, a career transition. There's a lot of other people in your life that are affected affected by that, and so thus the real true importance of having someone like you in the role in really supporting that transition and supporting all of the areas of transition, some of the things maybe that you don't even consider or think about until you actually experience it, right?
2: I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Steve, because I had a client who was taking on a very big new role, and she was a mom, married, uh, active in her community, and this was a big job. This was a really big job, and she came to me after being on that job for about six months, and she was completely burned out. And as we started talking, I asked her to tell me about her work day and about the job that she was doing and um, how she was taking care of herself and how her family was reacting, those types of things. And she said, Well, my goal was really to just focus on this job 24 7 because. I knew that it, they were counting on me, and this was a big job, and a lot of people were looking at me as huge responsibility, and I said, okay, so tell me about the people you work with, thinking, all right, let's talk about work for a little bit, and she said, well, I really haven't had a chance to get to know them yet, and we stopped for a moment, and I said, look, you know, you say you've been working 24-7, you say that... Um, you know, you really haven't gotten to know your coworkers yet. And and my concern is that that probably means they haven't gotten to know you either. And you've come to me because you're feeling burnt out already. And I'm guessing that's because there are other areas of your life that this transition has impacted that need your attention. And so we were able to work through that.
1: Wonderful. And yeah, it does go to show you that, um, you know, in that, in that particular case with that example, that she wasn't really truly considering some of the other areas that it had been, that, that the transition had really made an impact. And certainly, if she's in a major role, uh, nurturing those relationships, I would imagine, would be would, very important.
2: Exactly, exactly. And you know what I think it's about? I think it's about um, how we all react to fear, Sure. And when we go through transitions, there's a lot of trepidation. And fear is triggered when um, we don't have control and when we don't understand things. And so if you imagine um, if you're in a new job, you don't have control over anything because you have no information. And so it's hitting both, both of those triggers, And people react to fear in different ways. And the most common reaction is to try to exert some control. You would do what she did, which is say, okay, this is my singular focus. And we hear so many people say that when they start something new. You know what? I'm just going to do this, and then I'll deal with that. I'm not going to deal with that until I do this. And unfortunately, life doesn't always give us those choices. And our comfort level with a transition will depend a lot on whether or not we really take the time or have the time to prepare and that depends on whether or not the transition is one that you are seeking or whether or not it's one that you are th- that is uh, thrust upon you
1: i see and so in a case like that sarah where the woman is really just throwing herself into her work and, um, you know, says I'm going to just do this 24-7 and really neglect some of the things outside of outside of herself. As part of the transition coaching that you do and the work that you do with her, do you help her to generate and create greater balance among yes. her entire life? Yeah. And how do you do that?
2: Well, I talk with individuals. Uh, and And by the way, this is true whether or not you're going through – a planned transition or whether or not there's been something that's been thrust upon you, like a, a death in the family or a change in your circumstances, loss of a job, managing these circumstances uh, is really the same regardless uh, so that you can get through them in a positive way. So what I tend to do is talk with people about um, what mattered to them Before the transition. And, you know, there are rarely surprises in that most people talk about their family, most people talk about health and exercise. They might mention a hobby or a personal passion or some sort of other interest that they have. And it really takes work to um, build. A framework that allows time for those things because the irony here is see those are precisely the things that will relieve stress in a difficult situation
1: exactly and and so by giving those things up you're actually causing and creating more stress through the transition correct yes now um Let's talk a little bit, and and we might have to go into break uh, afterwards, Sarah, but let's talk about your transitions because you've experienced and navigated yourself through many transitions in your life. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about how you've had experienced some of those transitions and how you've best navigated them.
2: Sure, sure. Well, I think like most people, I learned the most from some of, of the early transitions in my life. And, for example, as a result of my dad's career and then my parents' divorce while I was young, I attended nine different schools before graduating from high school. And that's not actually so many compared to a lot of other kids in the same situation. But reflecting back on that, I can see how those transitions helped make me, for example, very comfortable when I meet new people. And I'm able to quickly move beyond small talk and getting to know someone. And at the same time, those early changes gave me a deep desire for stability in my life as an adult. And they also helped me learn some specific strategies for moving through a transition, even when it's uncomfortable. So, for example... um, I think when the boys were, yeah, they were still in grade school. I have two boys. Uh, they are now 19 and 24. But when they were in grade school, my husband was offered this incredible opportunity to move to Puerto Rico. And so off we go to Puerto Rico. And then uh, because the younger one couldn't tolerate the climate there and got very sick, we came back a year later. And so that was a really quick move. And then if I think about the transitions just in uh, the last couple of years of my life, uh, I left a, a secure job at a good company to go for the dream job uh, at a big company and uh, super excited about that, and I learned a tremendous amount and went through a lot of transitions there. But then I got laid off, which happens. And then simultaneously I say goodbye to the 24-year-old who moves to California. I say goodbye to the 19-year-old who goes to college. And uh, and I think that in our lives we all – it's – there 's so much going on, we play so many roles, and so i 've been able to apply what i 've learned to each of those changes sometimes more successfully than others
1: sure, of course, which which obviously makes sense but what's what 's fascinating, and we 're going to take a quick break and we 'll come back uh, to to finish up our discussion here with sarah but what 's fascinating to me about your commentary there, Sarah, is that you learned about transitions early on through all these moves that you had prior to graduating high school. And that's what I yeah, that's what I think is fascinating. Yeah. So we we are going to continue our discussion about transitions. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening.
3: We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment.
0: Do you want to directly impact your business results, improve the quality of your life, learn to empower yourself, or move through roadblocks to create more success for yourself? If so, directly connect with Fee Mazanke at Direct Connect Coaching. Fee is an expert in the field of coaching with over 14 years of experience. Go to www.directconnectcoaching.com to learn more about Fee's empowering programs. Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com.
3: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com
0: You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment, To reach Fee Zanke or her guest on the program today, please call one 346 9141 That's one 346 9141 Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment.
1: And welcome back. We're talking about transitions with Sarah Andrus, transitions coach. And Sarah, before the break, you had mentioned uh, about fear and how fear comes up and comes into play during these transitions. Can you expound upon that for us and talk about the impact and role of fear during transitions?
2: Sure. You know, I think that the most difficult, the, the most important and probably the reason why most of us have a hard time with transitions is fear. There's an acronym that's used by a lot of people uh, to manage fear, and uh, it always rings true to me, and it's false expectations appearing real. So we are built, we're wired as human beings to anticipate things. In fact, it's a critical survival tool for us, and evolution has actually set our fear trigger To have a lot of false positives, so there's nothing wrong with you if you experience fear, if you have these false expectations of something bad happening. You're just a normal human being because that's the way we've evolved. These false positives are in this brilliantly engineered body to help us in a hostile environment. So we were made to react quickly to avoid natural predators, and fear is one of our basic emotions, but. Modern life isn't being lived uh, in that environment, and it's triggering fear in all kinds of ways that the natural world doesn't. And as I mentioned before the break, our fear is overstimulated by a lack of control and a lack of understanding i think an example that uh any parents who are listening can relate to is when you drive for the first time with your 16 year old or your your teenager in the car and you're in the passenger seat and your your foot is on the brake and it's constantly pressing you think you're going to break right through the floorboard because you're no longer in control and our wiring distorts our experience of the world and it activates our fears when we don't need it to. And you know, as we begin to anticipate a transition, let's say it's it's one that's expected, our body naturally reacts biologically. And the good news is that when you can understand the biology of fear and recognize it, you actually can gain some control rather than letting fear control you. So, Let me give you an example. Let's say um, you're in your senior year of college and it's time to start applying for jobs and everybody's signing up for those on-campus interviews that are that are happening on colleges and and universities in the fall. And there's no question that this is for for a typical young adult this is one of life's biggest transitions and it's one of the scariest even if we're super excited about it. So let's say this this student goes to the career center and looks at the list of requirements for their first choice employer. And as they're looking down the list, you know, she realizes, oh my God, I don't have all those necessary skills. And then she looks at other companies that are coming on campus and notices that one can't promise the location that you want, and another one wants someone proficient in Spanish, and another one maybe has a GPA requirement that you can't meet. And what happens is this triggers an emotional response in your hypothalamus, which is uh, at the base of, of your brain. And that releases cortisol, which is a steroid, and adrenaline, which is what gets us all excited. And those are the chemicals we need for the flight and fight response. So imagine these chemicals are coursing through your body and you start to feel anxious and maybe you begin sweating, and maybe you get nauseous, and all of this is in preparation for you to run or for you to fight. But that's the last thing you want to do in a job search. So what can happen is that instead of sitting down with this discomfort and working through it, a lot of students shut down, and they become discouraged, and then they become actually a less appealing candidate because they've adopted a more negative outlook in the process, and they've just actually limited their ability to manage the transition. So the first, most important thing we can do is remember that for the most part, for most people, our fears are not real, and that's not to diminish those who are dealing with very life-threatening situations. But for for what we're talking about here, our fears are, are really in our mind and we need to recognize that and the second thing that really helps is to sit down and make friends with what scares us and what I do is I experience fear a great deal and I sit down and I say what's happening inside me right now is this real can I recognize that this is fear and can I just let it be And what always surprises me, no matter how how many times I've done this, is when I do that, when I sit with it and make friends with it, it passes so quickly and becomes less of, and it has less of an impact on me and allows me to move on. And I believe that that strategy works for other people as well.
1: It definitely does, Sarah, and that's such a great point because. If if, One of the things that I see in working with clients um, over and over and over again is that if you just get present with the fear that is arising rather than what most people want to do is push it away and Mm. make believe that it's not there. But if you just allow the fear to be there and feel the sensations of the fear, that is how it passes. And I've seen that over and over and over again and many, many miracles as a result of of doing exactly that. Yeah. So right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. So really terrific. So let me just let me just wrap up with um with that career transition in the college student, this college senior that's coming forward. And um When they feel that fear, Sarah, Mm. when they feel that fear as they, you know, as their heart starts to race and they sweat or they may become nauseous and they kind of shut down, Mm. rather than doing that in the midst of, you know, going to apply for some of those ideal jobs, Mm.
2: um,
1: is, is your first recommendation to just allow them to be present with the fear?
2: It is. It is. Um, and, and I'd like to add something to that. Sure. Um, I think our fears are exaggerated when we are ill-prepared. Again, going back to the lack of control and lack of understanding being a stimulus for fear. And one of the things that I really enjoy doing is working with college students to help them prepare so that the job search process presents fewer surprises. And so in the illustration I gave you, I mentioned that the student was a senior. And this is one of the saddest things I would see when I was a career counselor is students who really hadn't adequately prepared and therefore were surprised or disappointed. And so one of the things I enjoy doing is working with students while they're still in college to make sure that they know what 's reasonable that they understand um, the uh the expectations there's a joke about a um, a uh, a woman uh, who is a hiring manager at a big um, engineering firm I think it was it became a joke i don 't know if it, this is a true story or not but a young man had made it through all the rounds of interviewing, and he was one of the final candidates, and um, he was speaking, you know, asking a lot of questions about the benefits and asking a lot of questions about the salary and asking um, about vacation, and, and these are not always the, uh, the best questions to start with when you're meeting somebody new, because it sounds like you're just interested in what's in it for you. And so this young man probably would have been better served if he had asked her questions that, about her, about the work, things of that nature. But he didn't. And so she said, well, you know, how does 80000 to start plus a bonus, a company car, and four weeks of vacation sound to you? And he said, well, you're joking. And she said, well, yes, but you started it. <laughs> because he had, you know, been absurd. He had been absurd. And yeah. so I think it's really important for graduating students to know what realistic expectations are. And uh, and I, I love working with students on that.
1: And so as a transitions coach, Sarah, obviously uh, part of your clientele are, are the college students that mm-hmm. are looking to to have um, part-time or more frequently uh, permanent placement in career positions. Let's talk a little bit about the mission of Avara and mm-hmm. who else, who else that it is that you serve as clients within your organization.
2: Sure. Well, the mission of Avara is to help people develop the skills they need to overcome their fears and make successful transitions to create the life they want and I think this is hard for many of us, and it's not just college students. I think uh, I, I work with a number of people in midlife who perhaps started off creating a life that they thought other people wanted them to create and wake up at, at some point in midlife and say, you know, this isn't necessarily the life that i wanted. and i think that's particularly uh it's encouraging to me that i see less of that in the current generation of millennials than i do with uh some of some of my older clients, but um, i really enjoy working with clients uh who are in a, in a, a situation where they're midlife and either through choice uh or uh through something thrust upon them um, that uh that they can create the life they want, that they don't feel that they've lost their chance, and that these entrenched fears uh, and, candidly, um, even entrenched habits and things we we get used to, uh, you know, particularly in, in the case of divorce where, um, you know, most divorces, uh, both people wind up living a lower lifestyle afterwards, uh, or, and, and you can get so attached to your anger and so attached to your expectations of the life that you previously led that it's difficult to move into creating the life you want.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, Besides fear, and obviously fear comes up so regularly and so Mm -hmm. frequently, what -hmm. are some of the other obstacles that people face who are in a transition?
2: Well, I think a big obstacle when you're in the midst of a transition is focus. And I discussed that in my earlier example about the the client who wanted so much control that she just decided she was focusing only on work. And that really uh, was not an effective strategy. Um, another thing that stands in the way of a successful transition is making assumptions about a new situation. Because as we know, assumptions often lead to misunderstandings. And I'll go back to when my children were young and we were in Puerto Rico. And as you can imagine, see, I was completely overwhelmed. There was a completely different culture, and there was a new language I was learning. And on reflection, I can see now that I was ill-prepared for the move. I didn't ask enough questions, and I made hundreds of assumptions about life on that little island based on nothing but my imagination. My reaction in that, at that point to my fears was to shut down and just, just let things happen And that was a really bad approach. And I have a very tangible example. So when we went down there, uh, my husband was offered the car that the guy who was there before had. And it was a very, you know, nice, big, I think, you know, one of these big Chrysler, Grand Marquis, big, 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 big car. And it was a nice car. And uh, the only problem was that the last guy, his family lived in the suburbs. And we lived right in the city. And it was nearly impossible to navigate that boat of a car through the narrow streets of San Juan. And in a very literal way, I was running into things all the time until I was able to, uh, to switch that car out. Uh, It was a nightmare. Um, But I was paralyzed and I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, okay, what are the few things that I can do need to focus on? And, um, you know, we tend to make assumptions out of fear, and the best way to counteract that is really to commit to preparation, to commit to research, and to ask a lot of questions. And where, you know, we, we tend to overestimate the probability of something going wrong, and that could shut you down, and we tend to underestimate the, our ability to handle the consequences of taking a risk or, uh, what what we 're afraid of, and so that impacts us too
1: sure, and paralysis is obviously in that example, paralysis yeah. would be the the obstacle as well right
2: that's right we We frequently will discount or or totally forget about the cost of an inaction or just sticking with what is
1: right right, and obviously, with your you know big transition into a, a, a completely new place, new culture, new language, with two young children and that sort of thing. You probably had a lot of other things on your mind in addition to, yeah, in addition <laughs> to making that. So the the big big wonderful car in the uh, in in the downtown streets of uh, San Juan, that wasn't uh, in the forefront of your thinking, I'm sure. I'm sure. It
2: wasn't, and it was a really bad idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Until you had to you had to react quickly, I'm sure, in order yes. to get get a new car. Let's get a new smaller version of exactly. this nice big luxury vehicle. <laughs> um we've got a couple minutes before our break. So again, I'm gonna d- go into our next question and we'll we'll wrap it up uh once we come back. But okay. with with your senior management positions you've had in, in your direct sales companies, um Talk a little bit about what you gained from making those career transitions.
2: Wow. Well, I think that, um, you know, even going to Vector and working for Vector was a big change for me because I had previously been in academia. I had only worked in a university environment. And I gained so much from that transition. Uh, You know, in academia, what what I was focused on was adult development. And the last thing that I... Expected was that going to Vector Marketing, I would have a chance to work with people of all ages and backgrounds, and their choices showed me that it's never too late to pursue your dreams. They were amazing role models, and Vector always put tremendous value on personal and professional growth. So it felt like it was going to be a really big transition, and in many ways, it was very comfortable for me because it was very similar to uh, the values that I had in an academic environment about about growth and adult development. Um, and I found that as long as I was able to take chances on the job and learn from them and was consistently challenged with new opportunities, um, I could really thrive there. And when I, when I moved to Dove Chocolate Discoveries, again, a completely new cul- corporate culture, meeting new people, and most importantly, probably le- living at least during the week in a new home. In fact, th- this was only a few years ago, and that was the first time in my entire life that I had ever had my own apartment. And it certainly made me um, appreciate my husband the first time that I had to dig my car out of the snow. <laughs> sure. Um, and... At the same time, it was just a wonderful experience to get to live for a few days a week on my own. And and I learned so much about myself in that process. And then, you know, perhaps the greatest lesson happened almost a year ago when I was laid off because nothing like that had ever happened to me before. And I guess it would have been easy and natural to think as a result of that, that leaving Vector had been a mistake. But I still consider myself very lucky. And the truth is that right now today... I'm taking one of my biggest transitions yet. I've voluntarily waved goodbye to a steady paycheck, to being somebody's employee, to saying I work for such and such a company or have an answer when someone asks my title. But I'm doing this with Avara because I truly believe that my life at this point has given me the tools to take this step.
1: Um, And I I would agree with that wholeheartedly. We do have to take a quick break and we'll be back. Let's continue on that conversation because uh, great transitional information there. We'll be right back.
3: Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: To learn more about Fee's empowering programs, Fee works with individuals and delivers keynote messages that are inspiring and uplifting. Experience what Fee has to offer at directconnectcoaching.com.
3: We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel.
0: You are tuned in to Direct Connect Empowerment. To reach Fee Mazanke or her guest on the program today, please call one 346 9141 That's one 346 9141 Now back to Direct Connect Empowerment.
1: And we're speaking with our very special guest today, Sarah Andrus, and she is a transitions coach with Avara. And... Uh, before the break we were talking about your biggest transition, Sarah, um, and in making those big uh, career moves and career transitions, um, and I, I know we had to go to break, so was there anything else that you can share as a result of experiencing those career transitions for you before we go into the next question?
2: You know, um, I'm glad you asked because I made a note to myself when you were speaking about the boomerang at the beginning of the show, and... Um, I think another key thing that I've learned is to be very open as you make change. I think most of us are naturally reluctant to to speak about transition, unless it's something wonderfully happy like a marriage or a new baby or something like that. I think, I think most of us, at least me, I, you know, I tend to keep things closer to the vest. And so I decided that... Um, I was going to be very, very open about um, this radio show today, actually about my new business. And I shared it with some friends. And as a result of sharing um, that I'm doing this full-time now, even though I've been doing it, uh, you know, as a part-time gig for a very long time, that I was voluntarily waving goodbye to a steady paycheck, I shared that with a friend who, that then led to me being on the show, so I think that's a boomerang. Then this morning, I was at the gym, and I mentioned to a friend of mine that I was going to be on your show today, and she said, well, do you have office space? And I said, no, I, you know, um, I've never needed office space for the type of work I do. And she said, well, we have an extra office in our office if you'd like to use it, and we have room for group work. And I thought, this is so great for my uh, – to helped me fulfill my plans, particularly um, with the college market to do group work and work with college students and their parents on how best to prepare for, for college and how best to prepare for life after college. And so I just point that out to your listeners because when I dropped my fear of what people might think, and all these things are coming to me.
1: And just so easily, it's a it's a natural flow when you know when you are doing what you're passionate about when you, yeah. when you're doing what you are really led and guided to do. And I will point this out, Sarah, which is so tremendous, and that is that. All of the transitions that you've experienced in your life, some of them very seemingly very difficult transitions, even the one going to Puerto Rico and then having to turn around a year later and move back because of your son's uh, illness and because of car being too big to live
2: in. Well, not entirely.
1: (laughs) Of course not. But obviously, um, that transition prepared you at each step along the way really prepared you to best help and serve others in their own life transitions because you've had and experienced so many of them, from mm-hmm. career to family to lifestyles to every you know, to living on your own. Yeah. When you when you were working with Dove Chocolate Discovery. So there's been so many things that have pointed you and guided you along this path that really makes you so well suited. Or something that you were doing part time before, and now you've just you know taken a, taken a big leap into experiencing this full time now. So, kudos to you! Thank you. You're welcome. Let me ask you, what's the most significant transition you've witnessed either uh-huh. through your clients or that you've been a part of? Well,
2: at the um, you know, I, I think when I think about significant transitions, I think that they tend to happen or we tend to notice them more with young people. And that's certainly been my experience with both of my sons and Sam and Ethan both grew up in the, in the Cutco world and they both really wanted to sell knives. So, sam it's interesting because he is not a um he had no interest in studying business in fact sam as uh you know fee is a musician and gifted. an artist gifted, and, gifted, and he talented. went to he went to college at the Rhode Island School of Design and he was our oldest and we were very anxious about this transition for him because uh you know we had very very close family uh perhaps um A little bit of helicopter parents, maybe, because Sam was the sort of kid who, you know, he could never run away from home because he'd leave a trail. And and we would just be afraid, and I mean that in the most affectionate way, but, but, you know, he just, we were afraid he wouldn't make it to class. We were afraid he wouldn't know where, you know, he would lose his wallet. We we were consumed with fear as parents. But he sold Cutco that summer, and we spoke about... um, Three weeks into the uh, semester, we we were speaking all the time, but in this particular conversation, Sam said to me, Mom, I can't believe how many of the kids here are really having trouble adjusting. And he had mentioned a couple of people had gone back home, and there were people miserable, and the behaviors were awful. And I said, well, how are you feeling? And And he said, well, you know, I feel great. I'm loving it. And I asked him, I said, well, do you think it was, you know, he went, it was high school was, you know, did you have a particularly good academic preparation? So that's what I would have expected. And he said, no, no, no. It was absolutely selling Cutco. Wow. that's And terrific. I asked him why. And he said, because he learned how to overcome objections. He learned how to take rejection he learned how to manage his time and himself and organize himself, and these were things we've been trying to teach him, and we've, you know, uh, we should have just sent him to sell knives a lot sooner, but um, he really learned how to be an adult, and the other thing I will say is that, you know, there's something that uh, Dr. Michael Unger has identified. It's, it's called the Risk-Taker's Advantage. And he's a psychologist who has studied ch- uh, resiliency in children, and he's done a, a lot of research about um, helicopter parenting, for lack of a better word. But he believes that as parents, if we're hovering too much and we're trying to uh, control our children's, you know, everything from their first step to, you know, how they what they do in high school, that we're making exaggerated efforts to make sure they never have a disappointment or get hurt. And his argument in the risk taker's advantage, and he coined that term, is that children who are taught to take relatively small risks in a relatively safe environment are actually far more resilient. And the kind of hovering that a lot of parents do today actually debilitates their children in far worse ways than maybe the bumps and bruises that they could experience by taking an educated risk. So the best thing as parents that really we can do for our children is to support them and to be there for them when they fall, which they will fall. Uh, So I think Sam really taught me a lot. That was the most significant transition I have ever seen anyone go through, and it was only a few months. And um, I learned that he was going to learn – from taking
1: the risks. And what a wonderful way to do that. And beyond selling knives, look at all of the incredible gifts and tools and uh, examples and experiences that he had life, their life lessons, life experiences that he had, which really helped further prepare him for that major transition into college. So yeah, how and how he, wonderful is that? And he's
2: doing great now and continuing to take, you know, huge and very successful risks every day because he developed a comfort level. Um and we're proud of him.
1: Yeah. Well I am too. He's a great person, great human being, definitely, and so gifted and talented. What about parents? Um, any other suggestions? Sarah, uh, f- with parents making those transitions for high school and college students while we're on that subject. Sure, if, you sure. know, If you have any other suggestions, because I know a lot of our audience out there, they do have students that are high school or college age students, myself mm-hmm. included. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let us know what you suggest there.
2: Well, I would say that um, the research that I've done says that there really is no better time For our children to take risks than while they are in college and there's several reasons for that. First of all, the college environment, despite, you know, the news and the media, which I tend not to pay a lot of attention to, the college environment is the best environment for risk because they have an infrastructure. There, you can take a class you never thought of. Please take a class that you know you're interested in. There's all kinds of uh, support on a college campus if you want to try something new. Um, also, your parents are still involved with your lives, and and for the most part, the risks that our kids are taking these days are not you know huge risks. They're calculated risks. They're educated risks, and so you know if if your child expresses an interest in trying something that that maybe isn't what you would have tried i would suggest reminding yourself that you had your own college years and that was your turn and and uh, and that now it is it is their turn and of course we want to protect them from harm um, but this is the best time and another thing i'd add to that which um i think is very persuasive at least to me as a mom is that Employers are frustrated. The National Association of Colleges and Employers, it's a big group that is the umbrella organization for employers and career counselors. They do a survey every year of employers and their impressions of today's graduating students. And in 2014, employers listed as one of their ten top desired traits was the ability to make decisions and solve problems. If we are making all of our children's decisions, then they're not learning to make them themselves. And if they aren't making mistakes, they aren't learning how to solve problems. So I guess my advice would be that the next time a child calls to tell you about a problem, that that the response is not, well, here's what I would tell you to do, but the response is, well, what do you think you should do about that in a kind and loving way?
1: Engage the children in, or the students in their, uh, abil- their problem-solving skills Correct. and abilities yeah. Yeah. instead of telling them what to do. Correct. Ask them what they think they should do. Mm-hmm. Because
2: they need their own stories. When they go out to hunt for jobs, employers are going to ask them, can you tell me about a time when you tried something and failed? It's a standard question these days. I've heard it from my clients. They're also going to ask them, can you tell me about a project that you started and how it came, you know, and and brought to a conclusion? Standard question. And so we need to give our, um, I think college is the time when you you take those experiences and you put yourself out there um, so that you have responses to those questions.
1: Wonderful. Um, we could go on and on and on. And I mean, I've got so many more questions here for you, Sarah, <laughs> but we have run out of time. Just sure. really quickly, just let let all of our wonderful listeners know how they can reach you sure. for help in their transitions, please.
2: So my email is Sarah at avaraconsulting.com. That's A-V-A-R-A-H. And my website is www.avaraconsulting.com. And everyone who subscribes to my email list will receive a copy of my top 10 tips to a thriving career in addition to uh, my regular newsletter.
1: Wonderful. And that's Sarah with an H. I just want it to is. point. Yeah. Sarah with an H. I want to make sure you include the H in your <laughs> uh in making the contact and connection with Sarah. Well, thank you for your insights. It's been really absolutely terrific. You've got so many great tips. We really appreciate it. And as always, thank you to our troops for those men and women who serve our country and and are out there uh, really standing tall for our freedoms as a nation. We really appreciate all of you. To our wonderful listeners, please continue to share the message of empowerment that we carry and hold so near and dear to our hearts here, and I wish you all a very inspired week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back at you next week.
0: Thank you again for joining us this week on Direct Connect Empowerment. P. Mazanke will be back with another guest next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll see you then.